Sleeper 2020, a series of conversations with explorers, artists and thinkers in the world of hospitality experience and design. This podcast is brought to you in association with Villaroy and Bock. Stylish design has always been the brand's trademark, designing distinctive bathroom products that make life more beautiful and more comfortable. Its exquisite collections and timeless designs offer functional and sustainable solutions for residential and commercial bathrooms. Founded in 1748, Villaroy and Bock is a renowned brand that is represented in projects worldwide. For more information, visit www.villaroy-bock.com. Hello and welcome to this Sleeper 2020 podcast. I'm Guy Dietrich, editor-at-large of Sleeper magazine. Today, we're speaking with Martin Brunitsky, founder and principal of Martin Brunitsky Design Studios, which he founded in London in the year 2000. Martin, welcome. Thank you, Guy. I'm delighted to be here today talking to you. And congratulations on making it to 20 years in business. Uh, that's uh, always a great achievement uh, and a good coincidence as we're also celebrating our 20th anniversary. Your portfolio majors in hospitality with a lot of restaurant and hotel work, but also private clubs, notably Annabelle's in London, some retail and private residential work. Subsequent stays in uh, other of your more recent projects, the Confidant and the Four Seasons Surf Club, both in Miami, where you also did the, the Soho House, show that you have not lost this tenacity to, to keep on top of your designs and to make sure that the guest gets the experience that you wanted to deliver in the first place. Other clients extend to Six Senses, Rosewood, Siddle Group, amongst many more. In 2012, you opened a New York studio, and in 2015, you also established a separate product design studio and objects to produce your own furniture and lighting designs. Perhaps you just take a moment to give our listeners a little taste of what your work is like overall uh, and a glimpse of what you have uh, currently on the books. So, um, like anyone's journey through your sort of professional career, it's sort of a long one. And my experience has sort of moved sort of through modernism to classicism, from minimalism to maximalism. So I call that sort of my sort of four pillars of design. And uh, I use them extensively now, all of them. And what I call mash them together to create the work that I do, which is very much based sort of on fantasy. It's about creating emotions and atmospheres. And sort of what we do say that me and my team want to do is really to craft experiences. That's what it's about. So it's about really understanding your client, what they're trying to achieve, understanding the location, and then sort of put together this idea of this immersion into this space and just achieving that. That's sort of what, we, what, we, what we're doing. So this year we will complete the Pendry in LA on Sunset, West Hollywood, which we're very excited about, which is sort of like a, my fantasy about what 1950s LA was once, perhaps. <laughs> Good to see how that works out. <laughs> oh, that is so lucky. I mean, the opportunities to do stuff like that don't come up very often, do they? No, 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 exactly. And then as well, we are completing a couple of restaurants in New York, which is very exciting as well. What about the Four Seasons uh, in uh, Astia Palace in Athens? That was something you did recently. recently. Uh, no, that was a very exciting project. I remember when I went the first time and it was just like these jaw-dropping views 
of what is, I think, considered the Riviera of Athens. Uh, and it was just beautiful. And it was also just, it was so inspiring that, that view, the ocean, the sea, the nature around it. And uh, it was a great project to work with Four Seasons On. And we created all of the F&B for these two hotels there. Very successful. I especially like one of them where we basically created like almost like a boat, or, or not a boat, a yacht interior for one of the restaurants. So it turned out really well. Very exciting. Knowing that you're always on the move and things, when was the last time you, you got off a plane, perhaps? Uh, presumably you were coming back into the UK, but where were you coming from uh, and why, why were you there in the first place? So it actually was a week before the lockdown in the UK and I was flying back from New York where I'd spend a week. And I remember, because it was just around that period when every, everyone was becoming very concerned about this virus and uh, the whole thing about washing your hands for 20 seconds, etc., was the main message. But I remember flying back, I was in my cabin only with three people. So there was not a lot of people traveling back to the UK. And uh, so that was the last time, but I, because I normally go to New York and America in general for about a week, 10 days, every month. But of course, now I have not done so for a while. Are, are you really looking forward to getting back on a plane? Oh, yes. The level of my coronaphobia is very low. All right. So let's um, move on now and turn our attention perhaps to the main global shift in travel. How will it look in 2040? Who knows? I mean, I know there's this whole issue about uh, air travel and, and, and the environment. So I think it's really that that's going to change how we travel, I believe. I think that the coronavirus and this pandemic, it's just a blip on that. That sort of probably puts certain things into focus. And I think what puts it into focus, probably, probably more your personal hygiene, how you look after yourself and how you, how you travel, et cetera, and how the airport is looked after that you sort of go through. So, so I think this is sort of the whole thing, but I think more that travel will change because of the environment. That's what I believe strongly, not because of this pandemic. Okay, let's uh, move on, Martin, to look at design more specifically and how hotels themselves might look in 20 years' time. Let's start perhaps with the sort of most personal part of a, of a hotel room, the guest room. How do you, how do you see that changing and developing over the next uh, couple of decades? I think a hotel room is all about where this hotel is. You know, is it in the city? Is it a resort? You know, is it a faraway island somewhere? You know, it, it's all about the intent of what the hotelier is trying to achieve. What is the experience he wants to give to his guests? And the room will really fit in with that. I think will probably, hopefully will be the change. And that's what we're always trying to do when we do our design, that it doesn't feel it's the same thing again and again and again. That it's more experiential, uh, that it sort of fits in with the location, if it's in with what, what, what they're trying to achieve as, as a business. You, you talked there about hotels, uh, guest rooms rather, reflecting the locale or, or being authentic to the, the destination in which the hotel is. How would something like the Pendry look in, in West Hollywood if you went back there in 20 years' time? Would you be taking the same approach and, and looking at the 50s, 50s Hollywood idea? Uh, or would you have an, uh, another idea? Do you think things would have moved on or, or not? But it, it, it sort of could do, but I, I don't know. But I, I'm, I'm a great believer. I always sort of look back to look forward because I think there's always that idea of glamour of the past that is sort of quite sort of seductive, but then you update it and make it fresh sort of for the future. 
Uh, that's sort of approach that we like to take. I mean, I read a lot, a lot of books about people and biographies, and things like that always inspire me when I do a design for 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 a city. If there was something, an event happened on there, let's say in the 1930s, and I might take that and create a story around that because the building was close to this event, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's all depending on things, elements like that in in, in my narrative that I try to create. And, and in, in your mash of, of, of modernism, classicism, maximalism and, and minimalism, which one do you think would, would come to the fore over the next couple of decades? It, it actually, all, you know, this is actually, and I've established this now from just recently, because this is how it works for me. I will look at a project and I will decide, for instance, I can use an example, we're doing a restaurant in LA. This restaurant is um, an Italian restaurant and it's an Art Deco building. So immediately I thought of Carlos Scarpa. That's the start of the journey. It's Carlos Scarpa mixed with like the rustic, artisanal, Italian countryside elements. So I'm taking something very rustic and country with something that is quite sharp and tailored and city. And I'm mashing that together. There's a bit of maximalism into this minimalism, you know, into the sort of city and country. And I'm putting it together and it just looks incredible. So this is sort of what I like to do. So as I sort of say, I look at these different things and it's depending on the project, how I dial it up or dial it down. And I think that's sort of the exciting part of it. So I got sort of very excited by this. As I sort of said before, I sort of have worked through modernism to classicism, minimalism to maximalism. And now I feel like a well-rounded well designer and I sort of just pick when I create things. And I can't say if one area is going to be more important to me in 20 years' time or not. That's, that depends on. Let's move on to another real speciality of yours, the, the F&B side of things, restaurants, bars. You've done plenty of them. Tell us where you think, how you think the dining and, and bar parts of a hotel are going to look in, in two decades' time. I think it's not going to change very much because we are people and people want to be with people and we want to have fun. And you know, when you walk into a restaurant, and I always tell the story, whenever it was 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I walked into Le Caprice for the first time in London, and I just walked into this wall of sound of people drinking, having fun, eating, and it was just like, wow, this is amazing. This is the right place to be in right now. And I think this is sort of the thing that we try to achieve through our design, this sort of walking through into the space and you just know this is perfect right now and you 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 get influenced by people having fun it makes you feel good and i think that's sort of very important so in all our projects that's sort of what we want to create like you walk into this restaurant this private club or this bar and you just feel that i'm going to have the best time i love that idea um wouldn't it be nice to be in a nice buzzing bar right now <laughs> exactly and i think this is sort of we, we, we will get back to that it will come back eventually. It, it just will. We, we are human beings. What's it going to look like if I, if I would look at the physical configuration of, of a restaurant? Or, or as you said, you don't, think, you don't see much change. Same old, same old. Um, I mean, for now, I think, I think every restaurateur, which I know that we have worked with, when they are looking at how, to, how would they lay out their tables once they're allowed to open again to sort of comply with this two-meter rule, that is sort of a challenge when I had a conversation with one of my clients the other day, and he sort of said to me, Martin, do you want to sit in a restaurant with the next, the next couple, the next people are two meters away from you? And I said, of course I don't. It's not going to create any atmosphere. 
it's going to be like sitting in an airport lounge or something like that. So I think that is sort of the challenge. The restaurant is about the place where people meet, where you sort of thrive off other people's enjoyment. So I think for now, we are where we are. We have to see how we can sort of work around it. But eventually, it's going to come back to normal. I really strongly believe that because when you just look at the pandemic after the First World War, you know, that was like, I, had, I think I had that came back four times. But then after that, it's sort of, you know, people lived again. And what about um, new technology or the use of technology, new materials? You use a lot of traditional materials and traditional methods, uh, a lot of glasswork, the uh, Eglamese um, uh, mirroring uh, aspects and things. Changes, new stuff coming on board, stuff that you're experimenting with that you may bring out uh, through your product design company? Yes, but everything we do is about traditional craftsmanship. And that's what we explore we look at, we try to push boundaries on, uh, because for me, it's important that the materiality we use is sustainable. And uh, that, you know, I don't want to use plastics really, et cetera, even though we do look at that and see the resins that we can use it. But I do like that it's biodegradable. Biodegrad- What's that called again? I do like that it's biodegradable, so that actually it could just be dissolved into the earth if need be and not destroy our planet is very important to me so this is sort of the forefront in everything that we do craftsmanship sustainability yeah although i often think that some of the the things that you've you've done uh they're built to last correct and i always sort of try to create a new classics and this is what people sort of say when we've done i remember when i did scots many years ago now and on the opening night, this old lady came up to me and said, you know, I've been coming to Scots for 80 years, and it should always look like this. Well done. <laughs> so that was sort of very nice. So we always try to create classics from, from, from day one. And what about um, travel trends and how they might influence uh, hotel design? There's some um, uh, ideas of intergenerational travel, retail being brought into the hotel environment, the blurring of business and leisure. I think we've, we've seen that now already. Is this influencing the way you think you might design hotels in the future? It, it sort of does, yes. But it, again, it's all, all depending on the client. So let's, for instance, if you would work with LVMH and their, let's say, Chava Blanc brand, and you have a big building, and there's retail opportunities, they, they, they can sort of deal with that because they have it. They have all the top luxury brands that they can sort of put in to, to a building that has a hotel. So that sort of makes sense. Um, and sort of we work, I mean, for instance, the Surf Club in Miami, I mean, they, they are very as well into finding very specific you know, you know, artisanal brands to put into their building, but it's on a very sort of small scale. So it's all sort of depending on. I think that whole thing about retail in hotel is an interesting thing that probably will slightly change how it sort of works. Um, it, it's, it's a fascinating thing. We are working on a, on a big yacht at the moment uh, where there's going to be some retail and we are sort of looking at how, sort of, how to do that to make that a little bit more interesting. It's a challenge. Well, thanks very much indeed, Martin, for sharing all that information. Now, if you, you could travel right now, where would you most like to be? Tell us that. I would actually go to Hydra, which is a small island in Greece, about an hour and a half from, from Athens. 
that's what I would like to be. And if you had to travel somewhere, or if you have to travel, where will that be most more likely? It will be New York. To, to your office? Yes, to my office in New York. I haven't been there for two months, over two months now. So it's as um, soon as I can, I will. That would be actually be the first thing that I'll probably do when they open up. Right. So New York followed by Hydra could be worse. Could be worse indeed. Martin, thank you very much indeed uh, for your time today. We really appreciate that. Just uh, a little recap of, of this, the, the, the mashing up idea. I love that. The sort of modernism, classicism, minimalism to maximalism and how those all go on to influence the fantasy, uh, emotion and atmospheres that uh, you're trying to create uh, for the guest experience. Thank you very much indeed for your time. We really appreciate that. Good luck and be safe. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Be safe too. Sleeper 2020, a series of conversations with explorers, artists and thinkers in the world of hospitality experience and design. This podcast is brought to you in association with Villaroy & Bock. Stylish design has always been the brand's trademark, designing distinctive bathroom products that make life more beautiful and more comfortable. Its exquisite collections and timeless designs offer functional and sustainable solutions for residential and commercial bathrooms. Founded in 1748, Villaroy & Bock is a renowned brand that is represented in projects worldwide. For more information, visit www.villaroy-bock.com.